I'd rather have angry Justin Bieber fans than angry hockey fans. Oh, speaking of just happy to be here, how about those Canadian teams in the playoffs, huh? When Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, that was like peak hate of the Warriors for me. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I'm your co-host, Summer Justin, and today I'm joined by my ever-present co-host, Summer Jared. How are you doing today, Jared? Doing great. Uh, We love summer. We love this time of year. Uh, Sadly, except there's no football. Um, That's the only bummer about it. True, but it's pretty hot out. It'd be pretty rough playing football this time of year. It would be. There was a little football. Uh, Did you see that the Stallions won the first ever second iteration USFL championship? I did see that. Yeah. I did see that, yes. So Birmingham. That is is not what we're here to talk about. Today, we are here to talk about, as we alluded to in a previous podcast, a very special topic. The rise and fall of the fleeting empire of the Saxonville Jaguars. Fleeting to say the least. Uh, It was a very pretty rapid rise and a very rapid fall, um, as we'll get to in the episodes to come. But yeah, what Justin and I want to do over the next month, uh, we're going to release an audio essay. Uh, a deep dive into the Saxonville Jaguars of the 2017 era and kind of how they came to be and how they fell apart. And we're going to do it over the next four weeks, four part series here. Uh, Do you want to break it down for the people on how we're going to split up those four episodes? So yeah, this episode will be the rise. We're going to talk about the players. Think of it like game of Thrones. We're going to set all the pieces up. And then we're going to move on into the next episode, their peak. When the Jacksonville Jaguars became Saxonville and were at the height of their game, arguably they were just about the height of football that year. And then episode three will be the fall. Uh, As is said throughout history, all great empires rise and then fall, and Jacksonville is no different. And then we're going to conclude this mini-series with the aftermath, what the fallout of that 2017 season has looked like and kind of how it's led to the current Jacksonville Jaguars of 2022. But let's go ahead and get started. We're going to talk about, as I said, the players, the players that would become Saxonville. We're going to start with the drafted players by the Jacksonville Jaguars and move on to the free agents that they signed. Yeah, so there's a lot of guys to know on this uh, this team. That team, none of them are still around anymore, the guys we're going to be talking about on Jacksonville anyway. Um, but before we talk about the players, briefly, I think it's important we talk about a little bit just where the Jags were before 2017 um, and to kind of drive home the idea that they really were not good. This was not a good team, uh, even the year before 2017, and they were under pretty new ownership at the time of all of this. Yes, 
So in 2011, it was announced that Shad Khan, the current owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, would be purchasing the team. So 2012 is actually when he took full ownership of the team, and he maintains that ownership to this day. Um, since Shad Khan has purchased the Jaguars in 2012, though, it has been a noticeable time of terribleness of this team rebuilding yes if, if by <laughs> rebuilding you mean they took a burnt down house that didn't have any studs and they're still burning it down again yeah um, um it was rough uh, to put it uh just a brief little rundown here con purchased them in 2012 like you said that 2012 season up till that point, the Jags had the worst season in franchise history. They went two and 14 that year, dead last in the division Uh, year after they went four and 12 followed by a three and 13 campaign, five and 11, three and 13 in 2016. So Mm -hmm. in that stretch, they did not finish better than third in their division. Uh, They had a lot of kind of ho-hum guys go through the roster. It was just a rough time to be a Jags fan and a rough time for Shad Khan and his new venture as an NFL owner. Yes. And with these series of terrible seasons, the Jacksonville Jaguars accumulated, as you'd imagine, a lot of early round draft picks. Um, and we're going to talk about how they use those, some of those draft picks to help form that 2017 Saxonville team. Yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of the guys we're going to be talking about as we go through here are going to be defensive players because you don't earn the nickname Saxonville by giving up a lot of sacks. You earn it by getting a lot of sacks. And they had mm-hmm. one of the best defenses in the NFL in that time in 2017, as you alluded to. So a lot of who we're going to be talking about are uh, defenders. We'll have some offensive players in there, but mostly we're going to be talking about defense. So do you want to start breaking down who the Jags drafted kind of in the mid to late 2010s to build Saxonville? Yes. Um, Let's start with Telvin Smith drafted fifth or drafted in the fifth round of 2014 from Florida State. Yeah, Smith was a big-time player on the Jags' defense uh, for a few years there, but especially in 2017, um, he was kind of their everything guy. Uh, he could cover over the middle. He, was, he had a nose for the football. He was always around when there was a fumble, it felt like. He even got in on a few sacks. Uh, he was a mainstay on that Jags defense and was a hard hitter and mm-hmm. really one of their, the big names on that team. Yep. Yeah. Uh, during that 2017 season, he recorded a interception for a touchdown as well as a fumble for a touchdown as well. Um, prior to that, he had several good years as well, but I'd say, that 2017 years when he peaked and he was selected to the pro bowl. Yeah. Like I said, he was a uh, definitely a key player on that team. And then another guy to bring up that the Jags drafted uh, onto that defense was Dante Fowler jr. Fowler was drafted third overall, third overall pick in the 2015 NFL draft came from Florida. And he was another uh, big name on that defense 
in his rookie year, he played in all 16 games. So Jacksonville had a plan to use him pretty much immediately, but his, uh, his defensive career really didn't take off until that 2017 season. He got in on eight sacks that year, um, did get four on his rookie year too, but he recovered two fumbles. Um, he had a touchdown as well on the defensive side of the ball in that 2017 season, hit the quarterback a lot. So uh, he was another pass rusher that, that made life hell for opposing quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and that's, as we go through these guys, that's going to be a consistent theme. Guys who can get to the quarterback. Yes. Guys that can get <laughs> to the quarterback, giving that nickname Saxonville. Then you had guys like Yannick Nagakwe, who also got drafted. Uh, that was just a year later. He got drafted in the 2016 draft by Jacksonville they came over from Maryland he got in on if I remember correctly during that 2017 season he got in on 12 sacks uh that's a lot for a season that's almost yep. one a game and he recovered a couple fumbles too but where he really shined in that 2017 season is the fact that he had six forced fumbles turnover machine and turnover machine <laughs> And Jacksonville knew that this guy was going to be good when they drafted him in 2016. Another guy that played 16 games his rookie season, starting 15 of them. Uh, in his rookie year, he had one interception. He had four first fumbles. And eight in sacks. That first game and eight sacks. So the Jags knew that Yannick Ngakwe was going to be good. And I think it's important to, to note on... Ngakwe specifically, he's never really replicated that success since he's left the Jaguars or yeah. since that 2017 year, actually. Because he's with the Raiders now. Um, he's yes. passed through a couple teams since then, Minnesota and Baltimore. But yeah, you're right. That 2017 season has kind of been his crowning jewel on his career so far. Um, mm -hmm. And that's going to be a theme with a lot of these guys. A lot of them are still playing but they're not with Jacksonville anymore and they are not uh, near what they once were. Uh, so let's, yeah. we'll, we'll, I say we'll get to the big defensive name last here. When we talk about the drafted players, uh, this is a guy, you know, a lot about Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Leonard Fournette. Um, he was integral in, in uh, this team because he gave quarterback Blake Bortles, you know, an escape, an escape, a relief valve. Um, just he was able to draw the defense away from the quarterback. And if you know anything about Blake Bortles and his quarterbacking ability, it's best for the team if Blake Bortles passing is not the focal point of that offense. And with Leonard Fournette in 2017, he wasn't. Leonard Fournette was definitely the star of that offense, in my opinion. Uh, that was his rookie season. He rushed for over 1,000 yards. Um, he played 13 games. Uh, he had nine touchdowns, and he ripped his longest run all, his longest run of his career still in that first year, in that rookie year. Yeah, 90-yarder. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he was a big deal coming out of LSU that season. Uh, when they drafted him in 2017, they got exactly what they hoped for when they used the fourth overall pick on him that year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then Blake Bortles, of course, another guy we have to talk about. He was pretty integral to that team as well. I know since then he's not been the most consistent of quarterbacks, but 2017 Blake Bortles is a different person than every other season Blake Bortles. Uh, they drafted him third overall way back in 2014 out of UCF, and he was a big deal in college too down there for Central Florida. But Bortles, uh, like you said a minute ago, functions his best as a quarterback when he has multiple options. If he's not forced mm-hmm. to throw, um, if there's not the pressure there, uh, that's kind of when he's at his best. And we saw his best also in 2017. So uh, then the, the big name. Well, gonna... Go ahead. I, I, I wouldn't – we saw – well, yeah. I would, I would argue 2016 was also a very good year. Uh, as Blake Bortles had kind of been building up to this, though. Yeah. Um. He he has he had especially in those first or those couple of years after he got drafted, he showed that he could be a feasible quarterback. Don't forget, in his second season in the league, he threw for thirty-five touchdowns. He also threw for eighteen interceptions, but thirty-five touchdowns. 2016, he threw 23 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, but still 23 touchdowns. And in 2017, he threw for 21 touchdowns. And you can definitely see that went down because of the influence of Leonard Fournette. Yeah, uh, Fournette helped out greatly in that. I mean, we've talked about it several times before. Having a really good running back is uh, so important to a quarterback's uh, success, quite frankly. So I'll, I'll, yeah, he had a pretty solid, like you said, he built to that. It was definitely, it's not like he was just garbage before and garbage immediately after in 2017 was his only good um, showing, but yeah. So, and, and then the big name that Jacksonville drafted in this kind of stretch and really the heart and soul of the defense, a guy that we all know a lot about uh, Jalen Ramsey, and he's going to be someone we talk about, a lot over these next four weeks on this little mm-hmm. mini series here, because he had a lot to do with both the rise and the fall of uh, Saxonville as we knew them. So yep. Jalen Ramsey was drafted fifth overall in the 2016 draft out of Florida state. And um, he changed kind of the identity of the Jags defense. He mm-hmm. was, and is, I mean, still a, uh, confident individual in his abilities. He is not one to shy away from controversy. He says what's on his mind. Uh, kind of reminds me a lot of Richard Sherman back in the day, quite frankly. Um, very vocal. Get in your face. He'll say what he's thinking. So, But he had the skills to back it up, as you very importantly pointed out before we started recording, too. Yeah. Um, Jalen Ramsey, I mean, he is one of the few people – on this team that is still making an effective difference on the team they play on. Um, Not that these guys are bad, but he is one of a handful of these guys that has continued to to play up to that potential they showed in 2017. Um, Him and Leonard Fournette also, I would note, uh, both have Super Bowl rings. I was just going to say Ramsey just won his with the Rams this last season. And he was an integral part of the Rams defense. So yeah, he had um, almost 
as good a year as he did in 2017. He is able to replicate that success. In fact, the it's oddly similar what kind of numbers he had this year compared to what he had in 2017. Um, it's 2017, four interceptions. 2021, Super Bowl run, four interceptions. Career highs. Yep. Yep. Um, and he, uh, the Jags kind of knew what they were getting right off the bat with him. They hoped they were getting what they got when they drafted him. But his rookie year in 2016 – uh, started all 16 games as a rookie, nabbed two interceptions, had a defensive touchdown, forced a fumble. He uh, was the AP's vote for defensive rookie of the year. So mm-hmm. he was the guy from the get-go. Yeah, and it shows why. I mean, he was a great pickup for, by the Jags, and we'll talk more about his relationship with the team here in a little while. It gets. I guess that would be dicey. next episode. <laughs> It gets dicey, but uh, he was, like I said, I would argue probably the biggest uh, player in this whole era for Jacksonville, uh, both in the rise and the fall. He had a lot to do with both. Uh, And don't get me wrong. I'm going to preface this by saying I really like Jalen Ramsey. I've had him on my fantasy team before. Uh, I've loved what he's been able to do on the field. Sometimes he makes some social media decisions, I'll call them, that aren't that great. We'll talk about those later. But all in all, I think Jalen Ramsey is a fun uh, defensive back to watch. He's one of my favorites in the league still. Uh, I hate it when my team has to play him. So he's he's excellent. Yes, he is excellent. So I think that about does it for the drafted players. Um, the big name drafted players on that team. Anyway, I say we get into the, the trades and the free agent pickups now. Yeah. Let's start off with Clayus Campbell. That's another big name. He came over to the Jags in a trade with the Cardinals that year in 2017. That year, he was also elected as a first team, all pro at defensive end. No surprise I mean, for a guy that led the team in sacks that year. He led Saxonville in sacks. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Clayus Campbell at that point was a veteran. They wanted to bring a veteran presence into that locker room because we talked about a lot of guys that were on their, you know, second or third years on the team on that defense. They needed some experience. But yeah, that year led Saxonville with 14 and a half sacks. That is just an absurd number. If Saxonville was a kingdom, Calais Campbell was the king. Yes. Um, he, and he, I mean, he was a monster for the Cardinals too. It's not like a change mm-hmm. of scenery just magically made him good. I mean, he was really good for the, with the Cardinals and he had been with Arizona since 2008. So like you said, a big time veteran presence in that locker room to pair up with really, I would say the only other major veteran presence in that locker room was uh, linebacker Paul Pozinski, who had been with the team with Jacksonville since 2011. He had come over from Buffalo. Um, he was kind of the, the emotional leader of the defense. The, he was a team captain. The guys on that team really rallied around him a lot. Um, and it became evident when he retired after the 2017 season. A lot of guys had so many uh, touching, nice things to say about him. Um, so those two, when you brought Campbell in, you paired him with Polzinski, uh, it made 
it, it, it made the Jags defense feel more legit just because they had that kind of veteran leadership on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah. So those two were, I would say probably outside of Ramsey, the most instrumental on the defense, in my opinion. Um, but then you got had guys also like Malik Jackson. He came over from Denver in 2016. He's going to be a guy we talk a lot about as well, as well as Marcel Darius, who came over from Buffalo actually in the middle of that 2017 season uh, and made an immediate impact with the team mm-hmm. when he did. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, that shows on that defense during 2017, they knew that defense was the key to making that team succeed. And they were really putting it all in on that. Yeah. Doug Marone definitely had his eyes on the defense um, when building that team, as did Tom Coughlin. And we'll get to those two guys in just a second. Um, And then I think uh, another one to know would be defensive back AJ Boye who came over from Houston prior to that 2017 season as well. He had a lot of uh, turnovers for the Jags. He actually had more interceptions that season than Ramsey did. So he was a huge part of it as well. Um, I mean, these guys, this whole, the list of guys we just named off are really going to be the core of what made Saxonville, what they were and um, made them, a Super Bowl caliber defense, I would call them, even though they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Then we have, that's kind of going to do it for the player side of things. Um, But now we have two other big names in this Uh, head coach, Doug Marone, who was hired in 2016 as the Jags head coach. So he, this was only his, this 2017 season was only his second year there. And then Tom Coughlin, we know a lot about Tom Coughlin, former head coach of the Giants, won two rings with them, but has many ties with Jacksonville, was with this franchise before he was over in New York. He was hired as the vice president of football operations uh, going into that 2017 season. And that ascent, for those of you that don't quite know what that title means, he's not the general manager. He works alongside the general manager, and he essentially has – uh, last right and last okay on every uh, player on that roster to oversimplify his job a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he, he, as we will see later on, was kind of a big, big part, whether not obviously not intentionally, but of the downfall a little bit too. So uh, that to, to me, that's the, kind of the core group of guys that, uh, that I think you should know. Yeah, that about wraps it for setting the stage of the Saxonville Empire. Yeah, um, these are the soldiers. Have, <laughs> these are the soldiers led by their general and I don't know what in this analogy with Tom Coughlin. Or, uh, Tom, yeah, Tom Coughlin's Coughlin. like the advisor. He's like the advisor. Yeah, to the yeah. He's, he's the, oh, I'm trying to think of what they call him in Game of Thrones. I don't remember. Well, and it's it should be important to know that the type of owner that Shad Khan is, he's a very he's not a Jerry Jones. Okay, he's not. He, he's a very I would say a trusting owner, and, and we'll get into that later too. With I mean, what we've even seen over the last year with Urban Meyer and all that stuff, but 
he strikes me as the kind of guy and employer that tries to see the very best in his employees and will give them as many chances as he possibly can um, until he can't do it anymore. And so I think that's important to know here too, because I, I think none of this works unless you have an owner like that. Correct. Um, but that's something that we'll talk more about on the next episode of Saxonville. Yeah. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in to the first of four here, the first episode in this four part uh, mini series on the rise and fall of Saxonville. We appreciate each and every one of you listening from wherever you listen from, whether it be iTunes, Google Podcasts, the can on a string. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram, the expansion BU1, same handle for both. Um, but until then, next week, tune back in for part two of this mini series. I've been Jared, that's been Justin, and never forget. Party like it's 1976.